Hello and welcome to The Two Trees. This is John Dillon, and I am here with two of my friends, Steve Richards. Say hello, Steve. Hello. Steve is one of the deacons at my church and a very good friend of mine. He keeps me in line when I'm trotting around the globe. And actually, last time I lost my passport and he saved me. Uh, but I'm also here with my friend Archyam from the Ukraine. Archyam, go ahead and say hello to everybody. Hello. That was very, very good. That was the, like a full-bodied hello. Everyone feels welcomed. And we're excited to have you here, Archyam. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks who are out there? Uh, well, as you said, I, uh, I am from Ukraine, and uh, uh, because of the uh, war that, well, actually it began in 2014, but escalated tremendously in uh, uh, 2022, we were forced to leave Ukraine with my mm -hmm. family and uh, ended up uh, staying currently uh, in the United Kingdom. And uh, right now I'm in the United States on a visit. Um, I'm actually a professor of leadership and management, and uh, uh, I was at the conference here, but now I'm visiting Steve. Yeah, he was just up the road, and so he came in to visit Steve, and I thought, now is my chance. I will capture our chum and get his opinions on leadership and things of that nature. Uh, so he's he's an intelligent guy. He's a professor at, at Cardiff University, is that right? Uh, well, it's the University of South Wales. University of South Wales. Yeah. Who's your rival? Is, is there like a school that you guys don't get on with? <laughs> well, I'm still uh, early in the stage. I just got hired like uh, February 13th. Oh, okay. So, so you don't even know who you're not supposed to like yet. Yes, I don't even know that. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. You know, this is before. So I like everyone. He loves everybody. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but no, Archiam uh, came to Bible study with us today. We have a Bible study that meets at a coffee shop. And uh, we were talking about the Exodus. And uh, really just one thing led to another. We grabbed some lunch and I've been thinking about um, the possibility of getting him to to talk to us a little bit about how the Bible discusses the idea of exile. And for most of us, when we think about being an exile or walking as a wanderer, the Bible talks a lot about this, that we're supposed to be filled with love and compassion. And it sounds very easy to do until you can't go home. It, it sounds like, you know, obviously I would be able to love those who oppress me or I wouldn't have any problem with this and I would do this and I would do that. But when the rubber meets the road and your life is upended, those passages in Scripture have to take on an additional element to them. Uh, and so, Archam, you're living in the United Kingdom because you can't really stay in the Ukraine at the moment. Things have uh, escalated to the point where it was safer for you and your your children to to be uh, away. And uh, I'm as a as an academic, you know, it's uh, I'm sure had open doors as well for you to be able to teach. I know you were uh, in Paris for a little bit. Well, would you just tell us a little bit about your journey as you left the Ukraine and how you wound up in Wales? Uh, well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when uh, the escalation happened on 24th of February. I had no plans, uh, you know, in terms of what do we do next? Mm, you know, uh, and, and you're totally correct. Uh, you know, in many ways, when we discuss Bible verses, we think we've got it. Right. But quite m many times, uh, those are just theoretical, <laughs> philosophical discussions of them. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, some verses, uh, you know, you know, many of us do not really live through experientially. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through life just discussing them and thinking that, yeah, well, that's what we will do. And um, 
And here, you know, as, as the war happened, uh, my horizon of planning just shrunk from a few years to a few hours. Mm. And that was a tremendous, tremendous difference. And, uh, you know, uh, talking about the Bible, one of those verses, do not worry about tomorrow. Mm. And basically, indeed, you could not project what's happening today to tomorrow. You would go crazy because it's just too much mm. for a human being to absorb, to deal with. And you really have to uh, deal with just here and now and take it a step at a time and not more. Mm. Now, you still have children who are in the Ukraine uh, attending classes, is that right? Uh, well, uh, I have my oldest son in Ukraine who is studying at a university. He is graduating uh, this summer, yeah. And I have uh, um, a daughter uh, who spends her time, uh, well, well, she studies in a uh, university uh, in Prague, in Czech Republic, uh, but because of the situation with the visas there, uh, she has to travel back uh, uh, to be outside of Czech Republic uh, for some time as well. Uh, so she, you know, this time she'll come to us, to the UK, mm-hmm. next time when she has to travel out. Uh, but previous time uh, she was in Ukraine. Uh, so I have a, a young son. He's in uh, kindergarten. And I look at the ages when my kids are going to be in college with a little bit of dread anyway. And so I think adding the element of political homelessness and being driven from your home, and brother, I can't quite wrap my head around the anxiety that that has to drag into it. As a dad and as a husband, uh, were there moments when you, in your faith, just cried out to God and said, you know, why? Uh, what's, what's going on? And how did you cope with that personally? Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a very good question, and I can't really put a finger and say, okay, this is how I coped. You know, looking back right now, now mm-hmm. it's been a year of yeah. this full-scale invasion. Looking back, when I look at our story of getting out of Ukraine, I am amazed that we're able to do that. I don't know how we did it. Like right now, I don't know how we did it uh, physically, emotionally, uh, psychologically, and I think that God has just carried us through. God just opened the doors and made things possible. Mm. Uh, and uh, he was there along along the way, just taking us through the whole thing and uh, bringing us to the point where we ended up in the United Kingdom. And in Wales, and that's that's beautiful over there. It is a very beautiful place indeed. So we have some listeners here who are from Wales, so we're all jealous of you guys and your... Uh, you, the place where you live is gorgeous. We live in Ohio where everything looks like a cornfield. And there's just not a whole lot of natural wonder beyond just a never-ending farm. So I've been to Wales, but I was in the north up in like the Snowden uh, area and things. But I've seen pictures of the place where you're at. And I uh, I know that you were not aware of it, but the, the whole time that those things were going on, you know, the church here was praying for you. Thank you. And just, you know this feeling of helplessness, there's not much we can do. We weren't even really sure where you were. Uh, Steve would keep us posted a little bit uh, just as his friend, you know, say, hey, I got this video from Archiam. And, you know, by the time we're seeing a video, that's three or four days old at that point, and you're on to your next worries and things. But were, were there times where, where you felt overwhelmed, brother? Where, where Did you look back at it and say, you know what, I have had it together the whole time or... Or was it a struggle at times? I think I was overwhelmed all the time. Oh, <laughs> I think it was nonstop being overwhelmed. But when it becomes your uh, mode of operation, you don't distinguish it from any other state anymore because this is 
the mm. way you live. And I like that you described that as a shrinking down yeah. of what really matters as opposed to what doesn't. Yeah. And Christians, we, we claim to be wanderers, uh, but we don't shrink our lives down very well. We want to wander with all of our comforts and all of our priorities. And the Bible talks about as, as believers in Christ that wherever we go, we are to value things that are valuable. And that means our children, our relationships with, uh, with our wives or our husbands, our family, and our relationship with God, that our relationship should be built on a love for God and then a love for one another. But when you get settled and everything is normal life, we hold on to a thousand and one things. Now, when you left your, uh, your condo, your apartment there in the Ukraine, you you took twelve giant bags with you, right? Is that is that what you did? <laughs> no, <laughs> basically, my wife and I basically we had the clothes that we wore and a very very small bag, uh, you know, like a bag that you would take to uh, to a gym with your exercise clothes, and mm-hmm. that was our belonging. Now, for the two kids that were traveling with us, we had a suitcase. Uh, so, but that was it. That was mm-hmm. everything. You know, just think about it, you know, for uh, many, many years, you know, for 40 plus years, we've built our lives, we have uh, created a living, we have created, you know, a foundation for the future, so to speak. Mm. Um, We had it figured out, and all of a sudden, you're totally thrown out of your uh, comfort zone, thrown out of your planning zone. Mm. Uh, uh, You don't have anything. Basically, you don't have a frame of reference, Mm. Uh, you know. Usually in life we have this frame of reference. You know, you can say, "Well, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm this professional in this field. I have a home. I have a house, for instance, right? I have a circle of friends. I sir, I have a network of support. I have so everything that we uh, can describe our life with. It's there, and all of a sudden it's not there, and you have start from scratch. It's like like being born, uh, you know." Well, I want to say being born again, but not in a Christian sense, but being born, like physically born. Yeah, right? it's a, uh, a new way of everything. And yet you're born being adult, and you actually, from that point on, you have to take care of the family, you have to know what you're doing, you have to just kind of carry along, and it's just a very overwhelming feeling. Yeah, and I think for, for me, like listening to your story, it, it really has caused me to realize there are so many times in my life where I may not say this, but I think I can control it. Oh, yeah. I think I've got this under control. I can do this myself. I don't really need to go to God and ask for his blessing, for his support. And really how foolish that is because my comfort in my life is no more secure than yours was. At the the click of a finger, you know, someone is sick or a car accident or, in your case, political turmoil or things can go on. But how we believe ourselves to be far more powerful than we actually are. Indeed. And actually, we are, well, at least I was in this self-deception, thinking that I was relying on God, when actually, in fact, I was relying on myself in some ways. Mm. Because, again, uh, you have security of the, security of the job, uh, security of, um, you know, friendships and network. You, you have so many things that God blessed you with, but at the same time, you start relying on them mm. more than you rely on God, and 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 you kind of, but you mistakenly, you know, state that you're relying on God. Right. And throughout the Bible, uh, for instance, the book of First Peter talks about Christians as though we are wanderers. We don't belong in this world. We are citizens of a kingdom that is already, but not yet, 
come in its fullness, and that there's a very real sense in which we don't quite belong here. And the world is not going to be happy to have a Christian influence in it ever. Now, we live in a place here where, you know, things are, are, are pretty settled and things, but your life was like that until not that long ago. Yeah, yep. And so we have to look at it and to say, my life is in the hands of my maker, that there is a power behind this that has purpose for me, even beyond my comfort, that the hand of God is with me, even in my wanderings. And even here, you know, we still wander. We go from one neighborhood to another neighborhood or one school to another school, and that wherever the Christian finds themselves, we have an obligation to be a representative, an imager of Jesus, of, of God. And how hard is that to do when things aren't going your way? You lived it. Were, yeah. were there days that you wish you had back? You know, you don't think you were uh, flying at full capacity, you know, kind of well, a thing? I, I, you know, again, uh, the interesting thing that as we were dealing with all of this, all this exodus, so to speak, uh, I didn't think much about how Christian I am or non-Christian I am. I mm-hmm. think... Uh, in a way, when crisis hits, uh, you uh, you are who you are, uh, and, and and I think I, I I read this statement once, and I don't know it was attributed to U.S. Marines or something, yeah, whatever. Uh, but uh, I like the statement. It says, "In times of crisis, you don't rise to the level of your expectations; you fall to the level of your preparation." Mm. So, in the same respect, I think in Christian life, in times of crisis, you do not rise to what you think you are. You fall to the level of who you are. So, in that respect, um, I believe that, uh, you know, all of our Christian life should be, a play, like uh, like Paul says, that it's like a, um, it's like a running race. Mm-hmm. You need to practice. You need to go for it. So, as we have practiced it, uh, to the time of crisis, when crisis hits, you know, that's the level at which we're going to perform. Well, perform probably is a bad <laughs> word, but, you know, uh, this is the level at which we're going to live. Yeah. Uh, so in that respect, uh, you know, uh, again, I didn't have time to think, about, okay, am I acting Christian-like or not Christian-like? It was it was the time of just surviving. It was the time mm. just uh, making sure that, okay, uh, we have a next step that we can make and right. we can move forward. Uh, but along with that, I guess uh, I acted along the line of who I was. Right. And uh, you and know. that happens in the time of peace. Yeah. Up until that point, let's. It's not something that once I face the crisis, then I'll become something. Yes, indeed. All the preparation. It's like who you are in times of peace. How you. It's. It's. It, it, again. It's. It's that issue of. Uh, when you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large things. So, mm. again, as an analogy, when you uh, persevere as Christian in little things, mm-hmm. you will persevere as Christian in, in bigger things because mm. it creates that spiritual habit, if you will, uh, to act in certain ways, to see the world in certain ways, uh, to keep praying and to keep moving. I like it. Uh, I'm also really glad you're here. I've been praying for you for years, and it's Thank it's you. really great to meet you. Thank you. Uh, I, I meet you all the time on Steve's phone. He's like, hey, look at this video. 
<laughs> but it's it's great. To, well, s- similarly, I, I meet you all the time at Steve's uh, Facebook feed. So, <laughs> oh well, that's good. Yeah, Steve's great people. So if you guys haven't met Steve, you're you're missing one of the wonders of the world. Uh, he will get you in trouble fast, fast, very fast, very fast. Uh, so I'd like to read a passage of scripture here that comes out of the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is not a book that a lot of Christians have on their go to list. Uh, it doesn't get. Um, the airtime perhaps that it's due, but it's it's he's called the weeping prophet because he was writing during a time when there wasn't much joy to be had, and the good were suffering along with the bad, and things, the uh, the realities of, of life had just kind of swept over the whole country. And as Christians, we know that good times come and good times go, and things can be easy and things can be hard, and it's not a punishment of God, it's just that we're living in a world that's broken. And sometimes we get swept up in the storms and there's not much we can do about it. I know for you, you can watch the news and you had to have watched, you know, this is happening, this is coming. But as far as what you can actually do, there's not much. And that sense of hopelessness that comes from inactivity can sweep over the the Christian And when God is talking to the exiles who are being swept out of Israel and taken to Babylon, God gives them, I think, some really beautiful advice uh, on how to live while you're wandering. And I would encourage all Christians to view themselves as you are wandering. This world is not your home. There will come a point when you experience uh, the kingdom that is yet to come. But in this world, we wander. We are not yet in our final place. And the advice that he gives is in uh, chapter 29, verse 4. And it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And then here's the advice. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on behalf for its welfare, for in its welfare you will find your own. And I think that's just beautiful that I think if I was in your place, I'd be watching the news, and I would have an eye that looks backwards, and it would be hard to appreciate a good day today. Indeed. And actually, uh, I mean, I knew this verse was in the Bible, but this verse hasn't come to my mind. But I have, you know, this truth of this verse actually is part of the general advice refugees are getting, Mm -hmm. is that do not look back at what you have lost. It's uh, it is the direct path to depression. Right. Period. Uh, so and actually that's what uh, my wife and I we have set our minds on here and now on the life that we have to make here in this new place. Okay, and that really helped us uh, because again, uh, humanly speaking, we can stop in our tracks and we can just start you know remembering good relationships that we had, uh, you know, job that I had, uh, you name it, just so many things that were wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that we don't really have yet, or may not have at all, I don't know. Uh, But uh, if you do that, you will stop being able to make your life where you're at. 
Right. And I think this is a, a great wisdom of God, that actually you have to make life where you're at right now. If you the- live constantly worried about what you cannot change, you will miss the good that God has in your life Indeed. right now. Indeed. Indeed. And, and I think that's advice for the, the well-established wanderer such as yourself and then the poser like me, that wherever we are, we can miss the point. And that is that God is with us wherever we go. If it's to Wales, which is a great place for God to have led you, beautiful place. I'm jealous because I read about the salmon fishing in Wales, and I want to do it really badly, and I've never done it. But you've got it in your backyard, and you can run away and live my dream at the drop of a hat. You should see his view. I don't want to think about that because I am trying not to be upset where I am, but to blossom and bloom where I am because God has moved his people before and he'll do so again. I know I grew up in wild and wonderful West Virginia and I miss the mountains and God has brought me here as a servant of the Lord. God moves people and I don't know why. I cannot explain why God allows things the way he does I don't have answers for that. But what I do have is a battle plan. And I combat evil with joy. And I combat hate with hope. And I combat depression with, with dancing and with joy. And I, I just think God's advice here is so unlike what I would have given. And it's so filled with a hope and a love that does lead back to good places again. And I pray, God, it leads you home when you're ready to go and when things are ready. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that the Lord is with you always. And I appreciate your testimony, Archam. I know you've been a blessing to me. And I know there's a lot that I've had to stop and think about as I've thought about your story. And so I would encourage our listeners out there to, um, to benefit from your testimony and to give God thanks for the good that you have and to praise the Lord, and to take the opportunity to become strong in your faith and in your person while the sun is shining, because there may come a day when you don't have time anymore. It's go time. The The rubber has met the road. And so we're going to go ahead and sign off here. Archam, do you have any final words of advice for everybody? Um excellent words of advice i love it <laughs> i i well i just uh, as steve says god's got it 